Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Uh, ça va bien. Yes, you were here studying for your French test tomorrow. Oui. You are prepared? Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just hoping not to get worse than my last one. So. Right, just maintain your levels. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I love speaking French. I love, uh, I love watching curling when there's French teams on, Sean, because... Because I understand what they're saying. Because you want Kathy Goche's job, and I don't, uh, I don't need you know, Mike Harris to <laughs> to give me some information about it, which uh, he was doing a lot of. Yeah, this weekend we saw him uh, telling us what uh, what team Peter de Cruz was doing, even yeah. though they were speaking a lot of French. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of this weekend, yeah, it was the Boost National out there in Conception Bay South, a Final Grand Slam for calendar year 2019. What a uh, what a journey it's been, Scott, since last year's whichever one is in January Canadian Open. There you go. All the way through now to the a national uh, first year, first time in a while that we haven't had an elite ten. But otherwise, 2019 uh, is it's in the books for the Grand Slam. There you go. Uh, also, the decade, Sean. The yeah. Decade in the books. Uh, first decade of full decade i think of grand slam curling yeah yeah oh, i saw a little bit of a retrospective yes the aired. empty scramble yesterday was all about the decade yeah a lot of uh interesting uniforms that they used to wear yeah i know john cullen on twitter will if you tweet your team's uniform at him he will review it for you which is always a lot of fun uh but there are some ugly uniforms that are out there uh in the past and currently scott yeah yeah it's not always pretty but you know what? Uh, you got to get those sponsors on there yeah. and uh, make some money. And I think the uglier ones were from when they had fewer sponsors on, and there was just a lot of beige, yes, or uh, you know, black empty spots. Yep. Yeah, the teams are getting a little more creative now with both where they put the logos. I'm not crazy about the knee patches. I'm. I still can't get my head around that. I think it looks kind of ugly. But well, well, how do you feel about numbers? Hate them. Yeah, right? Like, who, who needs numbers? We all know yeah. who we are. Yeah, I, I'm not crazy about names in the back of the jersey either, to be honest. Uh, okay. Uh, in, a, in a sport like curling, like, no. I don't think we need that either. Yeah. So, just, I know who you are. Makes for some awkward situations There's, when someone's sparing and wearing the uh, the jersey of another teammate. Yeah, so let's actually start with that let's with go. Team Jennifer Jones. Laura Walker filling in for Don McEwen, who did not play this week. Laura Walker, of course, skips her own team and is... Uh, decorated in that regard, but also, of course, a past mixed doubles champion. That's right. Uh, after um, her now husband, Jeff Walker, won the Briar with Team Gushu, had to find a spare, goes, gets Kirk Myers, and uh, as far as I know, Walker and, and Walker haven't played together since. Yeah, yeah. She uh, found a better partner, I guess. So. Yeah, so, so she fills in. Actually, an interesting story that came out or was written earlier this week about 2019 for Laura Walker at the Grand Slams, mm-hmm. where she has skipped She skipped her old team last season that had Kathy Overton Clapham on that team, the, the older team. Yeah. She skipped her new team this year, I believe in the Tier 2, yeah. at the Challenge. She spared for someone else 
at the either Players Championship or the the Humpties or Pinties Cup, whatever she that played, one is. She uh, played second for Rachel Holman at the uh, Champions yes, Cup. Yes, and now playing with Jennifer Jones. She has played with a lot of different configurations at the Grand Slams this uh, this year, but this time with Jennifer Jones filling in for Don McEwen. And that team, Scott, let's start there. They lose the final yesterday to Anna Hasselberg, giving up a four spot in the fourth end which basically ended the game. Yeah, the, you're not going to come back from that against Anna Hasselberg. The, team jo- the story of Team Jones week, Sean, at the beginning we spoke about uh, being on Jennifer Jones' watch. Yes. Uh, I'd say that was well-founded, given they started out 0-2, mm-hmm. didn't look great in the, uh, the games the rest of the way. Uh, the, the quarterfinal, I watched this one against Eve Muirhead, whom I had a vested interest in. In winning as I, I picked her and really Eve sort of gave them the game with a couple of small mistakes uh, Jennifer Jones capitalized for sure but she also made some terrible mistakes herself that so I mean la- less mistakes by the, these teams could have led to a, a blowout one way or the other it ends up going Jennifer Jones way uh, the semifinal she's sort of trying to get herself out of trouble, in trouble, out of trouble. She gives up a three in the eighth end to let Tracy Fleury tie it and take it, take it to an extra end. Like, yep. uh, real sloppy, not great, but, you know, somehow Clausen finds her way into the final where she makes another mistake that she just can't bail the team out of. Yeah, so in that fourth end where they're already down a point, she tries an angle run on her first one and it overcurls. She tries more of a straight run on her second one and it overcurls. Basically missed the same shot the same way both times, which again is not something you would expect to see from Jennifer Jones. Mm-hmm. But it's a shot that you know, you've seen her make a thousand times. And you know, you honestly, you do wonder at least I did in that moment, because that's the side that Don McEwen does sweep on. Yeah. That missed, and with all due respect to Laura Walker, I mean, she's a skip, right? <laughs> you know, skip, skip sweeping can always be kind of kind of tricky. But, you know, you, you just kind of wonder about, about that. But you, you're right. It wasn't a great performance for Jennifer Jones at 1-2, and two, needing that win. She doesn't have a tiebreaker, because I still can't understand how the Grand Slam decides who has to play a tiebreaker and who doesn't. I think it's draw shot challenge. So, is the, is the so you know, but at 2-2, two and two, other 2-2 two and two teams had to play. She didn't, so she she gets in at two and two, and I think Tracy Fleury at this point of the season and the way Jennifer Jones' season is going, Tracy Fleury is a pretty good matchup for her because Tracy Fleury is not going to run away and hide. Tracy mm-hmm. Fleury is going to have a lot of points scored, but also a lot of points scored against her, which we saw at the Canada Cup. That mm-hmm. uh, you know she was she was doing the Suzanne Burt uh, strategy of just points, points, points. Uh, she was like that at midnight show. <laughs> points, <laughs> points, points, points. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so that's, a, that's a pretty good matchup. It'll actually make Manitoba super interesting uh, if they meet up in a playoff game, how that would play out if either of them goes more defensive because they're both particularly aggressive players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, it was just sort of a magic trick uh, sort of weekend for for Team Jones, managing to squeak by. I I would caution people who say, "Well, she made a final." Uh, yeah, you know that she did make a final, but she wasn't dominant in doing it. It wasn't like Nicholas Adin at the Europeans, you know, sort of plowing his way through through the competition. Yep. This was 
a bit of uh, a, bit, a bit of luck and a bit of skill mixed together. Right, but and that's but it's also why you can never really count Jennifer Jones out. That's true because she does have these shots in her back pocket, and when she's got draw weight, pretty dangerous. Yeah. I, I felt like she's missing a bit more on the hits now than she used to. But uh, if she's got draw weight in her pocket, then it's very dangerous. Very yeah, and, dangerous. and Caitlin also missed a few uncharacteristic for her over the course of the week, right? Yeah. Whenever we've seen her this season, at least on the TV games, she hasn't been up quite to her standard of what we would expect from Caitlin Laws. So mm-hmm. obviously that doesn't help matters for Jennifer Jones either. It makes yeah. her shots a little more difficult. Uh, but overall, 2-2, two and two, making it into the playoffs, a final loss. Ugly final. Uh, mm-hmm. wasn't very, very good. But, you know, again, we'll, we'll sort of keep watch with what's going on with them mm-hmm. at the, the next Grand Slam. will be interesting going into those Manitoba playdowns. Yeah, and Manitoba playdowns are, are going to be very difficult this year. We've talked about that before. Yeah. If we don't see Jennifer Jones at the Scotties, it won't be that big a surprise. It'll be weird, though. But it'll be weird. It'll be weird Yeah, not to have sure. Jennifer Jones there. It, it would, I think it would be even weirder, though, if... I haven't looked at the rankings, and obviously it depends on who wins everywhere in the country. But Jennifer Jones' team wildcard would look really strange. I mean, really her, strange, Her is yeah. not Manitoba or not Canada. Yeah. Would feel, would feel particularly yeah, strange. Yeah, that would feel weird to me. Yeah, so, uh, so on the other side, though, Anna Hasselberg, fourth win at a Grand Slam, all within the last 13 months, 14 months. Yeah. Uh, they won the first one last year. Uh, early on in the fall, so uh, a really nice run for them at these events. Pretty great through the playoffs, beating Chelsea Carey, Satsuki Fujisawa. We'll talk about the Fujisawa team in a minute. And then the, the big win against Jennifer Jones. There's really not really more you can say about Anna Hasselberg other than they really just need the the world championship, and they're... They're done. Yeah, best team in the world, Sean. Yeah, I'm not I, done. They're going to keep playing, but I think, that's all that's left for them. You're right. I think I think uh, saying they're best team in the world right now is not crazy. We've uh, talked a lot about you know Team Holman versus Team Hasselberg. Uh, it seems like Hasselberg has had their number the last uh, couple of times they played, uh, and and I would give the edge right now to to Team Hasselberg. I agree. That, so yeah, there's there's really not much more you can say. Four no. four wins for them, uh, but. Dominant at the European Championships, uh, you know, th- you could have made an argument with Sylvana Terenzoni maybe after the World Championship last year, but just this season, yeah. it's it's no comparison. Well, you know, Hasselberg uh, did lose to Terenzoni at the Worlds uh, this year, or at the Euros this year, rather, in the round robin, uh, came back and, and beat them uh, for the championship, mm-hmm. so... And a, and a great shot. A great shot. Yeah, uh, I, I would sign up for that again, like, say at the World Championship... I wish the World Championship would go back to a page, but if it was Tiranzoni Hasselberg one two, and we got that as the one two, and Ooh, then the final again, I'd be, be in, I'd be in for that. Now, of course, this year it was Eve Muirhead in the in the final that she beat. But uh, oh yes, excuse me. Uh, but you know, has, having to go through all those European teams, she didn't have it as easy as Edine did. No, no. I, but I think I'm going to sneeze, and yeah. now I'm not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have the sneeze, the sneeze no, button. No, we don't have the button for that. Oh, boy. Uh, but, yeah, I think it, we can call them the best team in the world, uh, Sans Reservation. Yes. Uh, the other big story of the week, Satsuki Fujisawa and her team playing with three through the playoffs. The crowd in Conception Bay got right behind this team, which is not surprising. They are a fun team. It's easy to get behind them. Sure. And uh, the people in Newfoundland, 
there. I really enjoyed them and all, all power to the team and to the crowd. It was a lot of fun to watch. Unfortunate that they had to play with three, but it was, it was yeah. fun. Uh, it was a fun story. After the quarterfinal win, they showed a, a, a picture of uh, Satsuki sort of going, making a face like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess we won. Oh, weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, what a great run. And for sure the crowd got behind them. Biggest cheers that I heard was when uh, they were finally done. Yeah. for the week and uh, waved to everybody and uh, yeah. even yeah. bigger than Gushu maybe. Yeah, and in an extra end too, they lose that semifinal to Anna Hasselberg yeah. in an extra end. Yeah, good job by the folks in Conception Bay there. The other story on the women's side is that uh, I think Scott, uh, Elena Stern, I think her lease on uh, Rachel Holman has now sort of rolled over. She now owns her officially. Wow. Uh, at least for this season. Um, that another win. It's it's kind of crazy. Like yeah. you know, you talk about matchups. We we talk about matchups a lot, and who's got whose numbers and trend lines. This Elena Stern over Rachel Holman thing is it's very weird. Yeah, is that three times now this year? I yeah, think at, at least, least three. three. At least three. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Team Stern, of course, had a great round robin yep, four zero, and then uh, ran out of gas uh, there in the in the quarterfinal. Most of the quarterfinal games uh, on the women's side pretty boring. Yeah. The only one that was kind of close was Jones and Muirhead. So, you know, watching it in the morning, you know, I, I was, uh, I was thinking, oh boy, I, I'm really excited for this. I actually delayed going out, uh, <laughs> and then uh, sort of regretted it. Yeah, you didn't need at the to. end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. Anna Hasselberg gets her fourth Grand Slam championship. Let's shift over to the men's side, Scott, where the final was Brad Jacobs against Nicholas Adin, and they played what I like to call a Epping Howard-esque match, where the first points were not scored until the fourth end, when Nicholas Adin was light on a draw. He came up, he, he hit the button, right? he was in the white of the button. But uh, unfortunately for him, a Jacobstone was a little closer to the pin. Uh, he came up couple inches short. Uh, Steel there misses a run double in the fifth end, just a hair wide. On that one, he was going for a blank mm-hmm. uh, in the fifth. Hair wide doesn't get it. Another steal. Final score is three to one, and I don't know. Yeah, I I was uh, I was out during this game uh, at a 50th birthday party for a colleague of mine, so uh, uh, congratulations there to, uh, to the major. But, but I... Yeah, I saw this game on the TV at the restaurant and thought, oh, man, this must have been really not fun to watch. There are times, Sean, when blank ends can materialize out of nowhere and it's great shot making and you think, oh, wow, like this was actually fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who watched it, was that the case? No. Okay. This game wasn't particularly interesting. The only, the only thing I said, I took down a couple notes. I wrote at one point, Mark Kennedy is unfair. Uh, he was too good. Uh, like it, it was incredible to watch what he was doing, but... This game wasn't particularly interesting. The first two ends were just basically up and down. The leads made mistakes, so it was, right. it was up and down. Uh, but then I don't like how easy runbacks are now. And it's not because the guy I, – I like that the guys are really good and they're better than they've ever been. What is mildly uninteresting is that the ice – or the houses are so lively, the striking bands are so lively mm-hmm. that freezes are useless at this point. Pretty they, much, they, yeah. Like even if you make the perfect freeze, you just you the, the rocks and the the ice is such that you can just throw it really hard 
and you can get it out mm -hmm. with any sort of angle on it, or you still like three quarters of it, sure. and get out a freeze. So that makes it less interesting. Like, why not? If the rocks were a little deader, if the houses were a little deader, I think it would make the game a lot more interesting because the angles would matter more than they do right now. Yeah. Right. It's right now. It's just a case of Hulk smash it and they'll go, and that lends itself, I think, to less interesting play because they're so good. Right. Right. If they weren't this good, then lively houses, lively striking bands make it interesting. Right. But we don't need to artificially increase that. Sure. The activity in the house, because these guys can do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I haven't really thought about the the striking bands being that much more lively, making it uh, a worse product to watch on TV. That I mean, that said, like. When you see somebody make a quad, you know, run back a quad takeout or something, it's pretty amazing still. But you're right, it, it is a lot easier than it used to be. Uh, when they set up ends, you know, they still try to get the right angles sort of behind a center guard uh, from time to time. Right. But as you say, like a couple of run backs and then and it's over. boom, uh, game over. Yeah, there was a point yesterday, I believe it was the third end, where Kevin Martin came on and uh, somebody ro rolled out, I believe, and he was sitting with Brad Gushu, and Brad Gushu, there, there's five rocks in play at this point, and Brad Gushu just goes, oh, that's a blank end. Uh, and they're on second stones, and it was, right? It was right. a couple, couple doubles back and forth, and then boom, it's a blank end. Wow. And you know, when you can see it that far in advance and the doubles are so easy, mm -hmm. or one of the things that makes a double or what used to be a triple so interesting is that they were rare. Right, and that you had to hit it so hard. Yeah. And, and when they become commonplace, it does become boring, right? That, that's sort of yeah. the, and, the, the thing. And there's uh, sort of the carryover that we see at the club level. Is everyone thinks they can make everyone it. Everyone watches uh, these shots on TV and they're like, oh, I could do that. I yeah. could do that. No, you can't. And, and like I make some doubles sometimes, but, you know, I got to throw it really hard. Yeah. And uh, sometimes then that makes me miss, right? Yeah. 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 It, it's and that's sort of the, the problem. There's nowhere to hide on this arena ice. It's, it also bothers me that a, a guy can uh, or, or a woman, for that matter, can make a perfect draw, dead buried, and the other team is just like, okay, like either run back or the ice is so much curl that they can still get at it. Yeah, you can throw like, hack weight and yeah. still get there. So you, can, you just can't hide anywhere. Yeah, and th th there is I, there is there, there's a breaking point in my head at some, somewhere where it just becomes not that interesting. To watch for as good as Mark Kennedy was yesterday, the, the, let's, well, let's talk about Christopher Sundgren. So okay. uh, Devin Rowe tweeted that there was a fan who said, who was sitting near him, who said, "This is boring." And Christopher Sundgren, the lead for Nicholas Dean, responded, uh, "You read it in full so that." We're not accused of okay. Okay, so Devin Hero says, uh, "Listen, I get the blanks are boring, but this is where we're at with curling. There's no room to hide in the house. There have been some great shots to force the blanks. To simply say boring is to not understand the game fully. I think what he meant to say is to not fully understand the game. Yes. Uh, hashtag CBC curling. <laughs> uh, and then Christopher Sundgren replies, uh, by far the fastest ice all week. The first couple of ends." Mistake by Ryan and myself, first and second end, to slide into the house, forcing more defensive ends. Uh, I'm, I'm cleaning this up a bit. Uh, if you can't appreciate the shots in the third, then you're just not, 
then you're just there to see skips make shots. None of us tried to go defensive. Situations change it. So Christopher Sundgren is saying, hey, it's not like we tried to do this. Right. But the way it ended up happening is that, you know, uh, it necessitated uh, the defensive play. Right. I, I, the thing that I find interesting about that tweet, though, is when he says, you know, you're just there to watch the skips make shots. As he, he clearly has not watched the uh, across-the-sheet coverage on Sportsnet, which is all about the sheets. And, yeah. and with all due respect to Christopher Sundgren, he's not on the poster, right? Oscar yeah. Erickson isn't on the poster, right? Nicholas Adin is on the poster. So, yeah, people do come to watch the skips make shots. Sure. That... that that is why a lot of people are there. But in that third end, say, uh, where the seconds and thirds are making uh, doubles, doubles that end up leading to a blank end, those are great shots. Yeah. But we just don't want to see them all the time. Right. Yeah, I want it to be more interesting. So so let me ask you then, yeah. do you think if this was a 10-end game versus an 8-end game, we would have seen different strategies? Yeah, so... I, I think we would have, and, and certainly in the women's game. The women's game also becomes more interesting, like the, that Jones-Hasselberg game. For sure. Uh, that there's more time for Jennifer Jones to come back, right? Five rock rule in a 10-end mm-hmm. game. You give up a four in the fourth. In eight ends, the game's over, right? Yeah. She, she's done at that point. In a 10-end game, there's more time to, to come back. And I think for the, on the men's side, you're more willing to mix it up early because giving up a two in the second or third end isn't as punishing yeah. as it is with the with the, eight the eight end game. Now, on the other side of things, Brad Gushu, I believe, was down five to one in a game this week and came back and won it. So there's still room in an eight end game for big comebacks, but there's more room in a ten end game. Sure, and it's it's not as important to get a three. Say, yeah, say, okay, let's get our feet under us. Let's get a two. Yep. Force and try to get another two. And th- there's just more time to play uh, less sort of all out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you're not going to be as focused early in the game, too, about hammer in even ends and all that, right? There's more right. time to allow that to play out. So, for as much as the players might not like it, and I know that, you know, Sportsnet and CBC, they like the tight. It ends, uh, you, you only have to book two and a half hours for well, TV time. But it just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really leaning towards 10. Yeah, well, tell me, Sean, does Sportsnet like Jennifer Jones shaking after seven, uh, seven ends and leaving 20 minutes of programming hole? You know, I, I don't think yeah. that's good. No. And with an eight-in game, since it's so hard to come back, I think for sure it's, uh, the, the risk is there of, Having a game be decided in five ends, and then on a final, what are you supposed to do? Right, right. Where do you go? Yeah. So yeah. So I'm I'm really starting to land in the camp of ten ends versus eight ends. The other thing too, someone suggested on Twitter in this whole Twitter exchange somewhere, and I apologize for not writing down the name. That one suggestion that they had was you're not allowed to. It's a free guard zone for five rocks, and then if there's nothing in the house so you can't peel as long as the house is empty is this uh at anthony reimer saying i'm actually working on a, an idea i call yeah. continuous free guard zone if there's nothing in the house you can't peel your opponent's yeah. last card yeah I, I like that idea mike harris liked that idea too 
You know what? I'd, I'd like to see, you know, uh, the Elite 10 brought back. They bring back the just Elite 10 with that rule. Try this rule. But yeah, so like, th- th- I think something does have to be done because, and it's not, it's not on its own that blanks are bad. It's that when the skips are not doing anything interesting, like it, it, if, the, if the most interesting thing in the end is over halfway through the end, then, right. let, then what are we doing? Right. Uh, there is room for, for blanks in the sense of the, the great play by the seconds and thirds, you know, to, okay, the ankles were set up, and now we're hammering it back and making doubles and triples. That can make blanks interesting. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, the, the thing you hate, oh, rock slides in, now we're hey, running. We're done. Right? Yeah. And 3-1 is not, I mean, 3-1 is too much. Right, yeah. like strategic blanks, the occasional blank, fine. But the first three ends of that game, even in the third end where there were some good shots, the, the, when it's on top of two boring ends in front of it, mm-hmm. it just it brings game, you down. The game kind of lags. Now, yeah. now I'm not at the point yet where I want to see the hammer switch with a blank end. Are no, you, are you there? No, because it, 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 I think, and I've, I've sort of talked myself out of this because I was there about a year ago. Yeah. But it incentivizes now the team without the hammer. To try and... To play. keep it open. Yeah. Right? So every single time the first one's going in. Yeah. Unless you really need a steal in the last end. So, and the team who goes first can dictate a little better what's going to happen mm-hmm. uh, in terms of rocks in the house versus guards. So, you know, the, the, the center guard is gone. The benefit of that is that, you know, tick shots in the fourth end could also be gone. Um, yeah, but yeah. well, one of the things we saw with Jennifer Jones' team, there was Laura Walker tried to play some ticks and uh, couldn't do it. No, because she doesn't practice them. She doesn't throw them. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So a lot of debate that came out of that men's game. Ultimately, though, of course, Brad Jacobs gets the win, three to one. Uh, the eighth end runs Nicholas Adine out of stones. An interesting stat that they brought up during the game, Scott, is in the uh, that situation, Nicholas Adine down to with the hammer four and six over the past two years. Jacobs up to without the hammer fifteen and two. So again, these are these two teams, not the biggest of sample sizes, but you know we've seen Kevin Cooey voluntarily go down to yeah. to take the hammer, the uh, and which has worked for him yeah. in a couple of uh, a couple of spots. So the numbers. Might not indicate that that's a good idea, but certainly Kevin Cooey has decided that for him and his team, that works out well. So it'll be interesting to continue to track that stat. Another interesting thing, uh, in the seventh end, where Brad Jacobs is up 2-1 to one with the hammer, yeah. uh, he is thinking either a multiple score or a blank, and they have two in the forefoot, sort of along the center line, and then there's a Nicholas Dean stone out in the eight-foot, and... Brad Jacobs is like, well, what if we hit it and just sort of roll outside a hair? Uh, and then I th- I'm pretty sure it was Mark Kennedy says, well, it's really going to be hard to blank then. And Jacobs just goes, I thought that would be our deuce point, but I'm just optimistic <laughs> like that. <laughs> it was this really fun moment because I think anyone who's ever watched Brad Jacobs has said he's way, way too positive out there. <laughs> overly the eternal optimist. That is Brad Jacobs, uh, <laughs> but it was a really it was it was this cool moment that I don't think we would have seen from Brad Jacobs in the past, and I definitely don't think we would have seen it in something like an Olympic trials, no, uh, or a Briar, yeah, right, yeah. We, but, it, at these kind of events, 
it was a little more relaxed, and yeah. and you can get that. Yeah, but it, like Jacobs and Fry, I don't think are having that moment. <laughs> Probably right? not. But no. Jacobs and Kennedy, it works. So you know, if we can see more of that side of Brad Jacobs, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, so elsewhere on the men's side, I, I don't know. It was sort of standard fare. Everywhere else, uh, the teams who you thought would make the playoffs did. Uh, which will lead into our pick, Scott. So, because I don't think there's any other big stories that came out of the men's side here this week. I uh, I don't think so either. I, it, maybe Brendan Botcher losing in the quarterfinals was quarterfinals. He lost. Yeah, he lost the quarterfinals to yeah. Brad Jacobs. Weird. So Jacobs and Botcher and Cooey all finished three and one in that pool, yeah. all against each other. Yeah. Uh, Jacobs was the two seed. Botcher was the seven seed. <laughs> Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's really weird. So uh, on the pick, Scott, how did we do? As I sort of alluded to on the men's side, no real surprises. On the men's side, no real surprises. Uh, I think we all picked uh, teams that made the playoffs for all four of them. Yep. Uh, you had Mawit, Kui, Gushu, and Adin. I had Adin, Botcher, McEwen, and Gushu. Uh, McEwen made it on a tiebreaker, of course. Uh, you had Gushu winning. I had Adin winning, so... You know, push there. Yep. Uh, four points each. Women's side, uh, Tiranzoni, Homan, Hasselberg, and Carey were your four picks. Yep. Uh, Tiranzoni did not make the playoffs, nor did Rachel Homan, but you picked Hasselberg correctly to win. So you got a big three points there. Yep. Uh, I had Muirhead winning, Hasselberg, Fleury, and Anderson. Anderson missing the playoffs, so I got three points for those three playoff teams and we tied so three or excuse me seven seven on the event real push and i think we're tied on the year i don't have my spreadsheet in front of me as we record at the ottawa curling club tonight that's right the teachers league just getting off the ice their last game before christmas we're about to head out on the ice big game scott if we win big game we stay yeah that's the word uh, which is insane because we lost our first three pretty badly no no Uh, we're, we're even we're one in three and we're even on point spread. On point spread. Yeah, we did have one game that ended in a, a draw to the button, yeah. which the other team won after a rock picked. Yes. Insane, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But, so, you know, we, we control our own destiny. Well, we thought we did when we swept our skips rock to the forefoot uh, yeah. in that one. But anyway, uh, yeah, so we're, we're even on points. And yep. I think we're even on points for the year. Yeah, so uh, really uh, going to come down the stretch on this one to see who, uh, who prevails uh, so that's it. That was uh, the week in Conception Bay. Uh, there's also an event going on in China. The China Open is going on. A couple of right. Canadian teams are over there. Uh, Braden Calvert's team is there. The Young Bucks from the U.S., Corey Dropkin, and his team are over there uh, as well. You also have uh, Corinne Brown, uh, the Canadian team uh, from oh, right British Columbia. They're out there representing Canada as well. Some good teams, too, on the women's side. Uh, Kovalev is there. Daniela Yench is there. Uh, one of the Kim teams from uh, South Korea is there. On the men's side, Yop Van Dorp uh, as well. So uh, some, some good teams over there. So all the best to Braden Calvert and Corinne Brown as they keep it moving at the China Open. Absolutely. And, Sean, both of us were super busy last week. Uh, you know, it was yes. two weeks left before Christmas at work. We're all, uh, you know, doing Christmas parties uh, every day, it seems. We're doing year-end stuff to try and wrap it up well you are i'm doing i'm doing christmas parties every day it's my pretty office insane. my office has done has given me a personal gift by not having a christmas party which is the greatest thing for me well that's pretty great uh but in all the excitement in all the hubbub of the season uh we both forgot to 
enter fantasy curling. We did, and which is too bad because we would have done good on the men's side. I think I think we would have. We would have had a pretty good week. But uh, so I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Chan Can number one, four hundred and seventy nine points. Uh, that's so, a good score. Uh, so congratulations there yep. uh, on well done, well played on the uh, the fantasy curling. Yeah, I'm just going through the standings. I don't really see anything uh, that's interesting. So, okay, so uh, so the fantasy curling will be back in January for the Canadian Open. You got it. No, 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 no. Can it? The, oh, we had the Tour Challenge already. Yes, yes the Canadian Open. The Canadian Open, Open, which will be out there in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Ooh. So uh, it, curling, our fantasy curling, will be back. But that does it for us for 2019 in terms of our coverage. Got two episodes left on the season. You don't know what they are, but I've come up with the topics. Excellent. Uh, for the two episodes. So uh, so we'll be back. Hey, are we going to have any special guests? We might. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, we're still in contract negotiations. That's great. You know, we have Looking to make to sure it. we meet their price. So uh, so we'll be back. Two episodes left this year. Uh, we'll drop one next weekend, next Monday. So you'll have it if you're traveling for, uh, for any holiday festivities. And if you just get sick of your family, uh, you can certainly plug us in uh, there. And then we'll have one before. The calendar changes to 2020. Excellent. So thanks for joining us, everybody. If you have not yet, of course, please do subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, all the places you can find the shows. Like, rate, do all that stuff. Spread the word. Help, help us grow as we move into 2020. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Game of Stones Pod. Scott's there at Scott Lakes TV. I'm on Twitter at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And you can always email the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. And check us out, GameofStonesPod.com. So... We'll be back with you next week. Happy holidays, everybody. And until we talk with you again, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.